You just came back to your hometown, bro, or, you know, whatever. Like, what was your plan to do if nothing was going on? Like, how was that going to go if there was no fight? Were you just going to fly in and not speak to anybody and go sit in your room and pout? Yeah, or, like, you're going to roll in and just, like, look at the box and be like, it's here, so later. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, welcome back to the Get Lost Podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about something that we literally just walked out of the doors of. Literally. Literally just walked out of the doors of. Literally. We're talking about Justice League. Yes! Yeah. And uh, so, just a word of advice. Um, anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, walk the fuck away. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Because we are going to be spoiling the shit out of this movie. Can't wait. Tonight. Um, which I think is good. Like we, we haven't really done a full spoiler cast of anything, and I think this movie requires it. Absolutely. I, uh, uh, doing the Thor one was such a struggle to not talk about Thor 3. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to just feeling my guts out about something that... Uh... Well, it should be, too. I yeah. mean, this is something that... Uh... Oh, by the way, uh, I'm Ryan Harding, your host, and then we have uh, guest host... Tyler, that's Boy, me. Yeah, Mr. Back Anthony, again. Mr. Uh, Batman. Mr. Mr. Batman. Uh, back on the that. podcast. Um because this is something that you really wanted to talk about. Oh, like, yes. You already, We've been planning this yeah. since early October. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, we missed the opening night because I had to work, but we finally uh, got everything together, even after both of us had gone to see the movie separately. But, um, yeah. So, all right, um, let's start with a simple, simple starting location uh, for this podcast, which is this is a movie in a series – that was started by and primarily worked on by Zack Snyder. Um, for this particular movie, I believe he was like most of the way through it. And then his daughter killed herself, which was absolutely atrocious um, and a terrible thing to happen to his family. Um, and out of that, they brought uh, Joss Whedon in to uh, do some punch-ups and to work on some reshoots and stuff like that. And, uh, I know uh, after he started, there was a thing about, like, tonage for the movie. Um, so this is definitely a movie made by two separate people. And it shows. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fairly clear. Um, I, everybody knows that uh, one of the major issues people had with Batman vs. Superman was, was how dark it was. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very characteristic of a Zack Snyder movie. For sure. Uh, which was something that I didn't have uh, too much trouble with. I mean, I enjoyed Batman vs. Superman. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. Not unpopular opinion, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah, but well, yeah. I feel like for that movie, the darkness, that the, you know, the tone that came with it, I think it was appropriate. And for mm-hmm. this one, um, I think you can tell Joss Whedon stepped in and, and lightened the mood in a couple places. I think yeah. there were a few places where... Uh, it didn't do much for me where I didn't need it. But there were some places where it absolutely did. And you're talking about some of the humor and stuff. Yes. Yes. yes I yes. mean, uh, dude, there are definitely a couple parts of this movie where the humor, while appreciated, fell short of what it should have been. Right. Um, and in, in the Avengers movies, it worked uh, because you had a group of characters who were already fairly witty and right. light on the right. surface. Um, and they had various dark stuff behind them for some of them, but for the most part, they were they were lighter and a, a funnier group of people, but yeah, and, um, and this movie, it, it, it's definite. You can 
you can see the tonal changes. Yeah, there were a couple uh, Batman plants in there, a couple little moments with Batman where it's kind of like, all right, he's made it clear he's not a funny guy. Yeah. And that'd be okay if you didn't force it so many times. But there was one line in there uh, um, where Superman tells Batman, and I thought you didn't like me. And yeah. he says, well, I don't not. And that's yeah. it. That's, that's it. That's all yeah. he says. And it's kind of like, I get what he's saying. Yeah. But they wanted that to be funny. And yeah, it, it was something where yeah. Batman just wouldn't have said something funny there unless it was kind of backhanded. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to say. It like, would have been a different yeah. type of, it would have been a. Different type of comedy. That was more like a fangirl stutter yeah. kind of thing or fanboy or. Well, that, that was, I mean, what that was, that was a line directly ripped from something like Buffy. Right. Like, yeah, like you're saying, right. like a, a, a fan, a nerd fandom response to like, I don't not like you. Yeah. yeah. Very, like, yeah. stoic, like, hot off guard. Like, right. oh, my God, I'm not expecting right. this. No, but that, that's, and that's, that's, that's totally against Batman's character in general. Yeah. Batman well, just doesn't get caught off guard like that. He would have had yeah. something yeah. witty to say, and that just wasn't it. Yeah. And, I mean, there was a, there was a couple of moments with other characters, too. Um, for this movie, uh, they went out of their way to make... Now, so, they went out of their way to make Flash... A much more uh, funny, witty guy, which is fine. I understand why they were doing that. Um, I think it worked better with Aquaman, where you already had what most people considered a joke character, and then changed him into a super above and beyond like manly man that <laughs> was also like gruff and you know, but he also was like very witty to everyone. Right. But then you had you had Flash, who almost just became a complete joke. And, and that, I will admit that that was something that kind of bothered me because I know that DC has already done Flash in a way that made a character, um, heroic, right. to say the least. Like the right. TV show Flash with Grant Gustin encompasses Barry Allen better than Ezra Miller. And I'm not saying that Ezra Miller was bad because I actually really liked him, but for sure, Grant Gustin, if they had brought him in, I think would have just made a better on-screen persona for it, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I don't and, disagree with that. I mean, yeah. I think I think that uh, hopefully that's something we'll get to see in a solo Flash movie. But how much time did Barry get? How much screen time did Barry get in yeah. the movie versus Flash? And yeah. maybe we get to see a little more of like his struggle. You get to see a brief moment, two brief moments between him and his dad visiting his dad which, in prison, which I thought were a little out of place. Yeah, in this they movie, seem there's no like real well, they shoehorn to... his origin kind of in there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Say, this is a thing that happened. We're mm-hmm. not going to tell you anything else about it. Right. Dad's in prison for killing his mom, yeah. which was kind of a an interesting point to make when mm-hmm. for for Alfred to bring that up to Bruce. Yeah, I thought that was good placement. Yeah, but otherwise, it didn't really tell me much about the character um, mm-hmm. in in this movie. Yeah, but that was all you got to see of Barry. Yeah, and then well, the plus, one scene that everybody saw in the trailer. On top of that, uh, they touched on and never expanded on the fact that. Uh, Barry always felt that his dad was uh, wrongfully incarcerated. Right. They literally dropped that line, and it's never talked about for the rest of the movie again. Well, he says in the beginning that the when his dad says he's working, like gives him, you know, some line about how he's wasting his time working on this criminal justice thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says, "Well, the investigation was botched." Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but they but, don't they don't directly say that that was the you know related right. to that. What I meant more was like, so this is someone who's joining a superhero team. Who, I mean, you have Bruce Wayne, who, at least his butler, has researched everyone very well. 
And I just found it surprising that they comment on the fact that Barry always thought that his dad was innocent. And then Bruce never like comes like one on one with him, even, even on a, a couple of shots where they actually had the moment to have a very like elder Bruce to him kind of moment. Right. And they never do that. They never fully just go ahead and say like, well, you know, my, my mom was killed by somebody. Like I saw something or something like that. Just something to give us the understanding yeah, that it could have been a bridge between between the scene that everybody sees in the trailer, yeah, and when they get in, in a supercar, we're like stuffing a pizza down. Right, I think that would exactly. be a perfect spot yeah. for that because you don't you don't want um, you don't want the Flash to come off as just another character that's lost his parents like Bruce Wayne, right? Like Bruce Wayne's not parents, the same thing. Yeah, we're shot. Whereas the Flash, a villain, came back in time and killed his mother. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. this is the one they use in the show, and I'm pretty sure this is the one they still use in the yeah. comics. But that, you know, villain came back in time, killed his mother, he saw it, which perpetuates his his own rise to being the Flash. That's the whole idea behind it. So leaving that blank on a movie this big, where, you know, like, this is his introduction, at the very least, you should do something like, you know, I think even, uh, what is it, Spider-Man in uh, Civil War, if I'm not mistaken, they touched a little bit on the fact that May had been through some stuff. Right. I think, I know it's touched about in the movie Amazing Spider-Man. I can't remember. When he goes to see him, because he goes and recruits him in Homecoming, there's actually yeah. footage of that. I think he says something about um, not letting Aunt May yeah, like she's been through know what so he's doing or like she's that. already been through yeah. something. Yeah, kind of, kind yeah. of, I don't remember how, how exactly, but something yeah. like that. So You're you, can, you can touch on these things. And inhabit like a big part of the movie and a big part of the character. You just have to fucking do it, right? Yeah, right. Well, I think that that's one of the other reasons this movie suffered. Something that's been very much in the in the uh, um, I don't want to say headlines, but if you follow the movie news at all, if you're really into it, you know that the original version, the original cut of this movie was significantly longer. I'm pretty sure that Zack Snyder's original cut was three hours. Yeah, and Warner Brothers limited them to two. Yeah. That's, because Warner Brothers sucks. Right. Just so that's, get that out there. that's a huge, <laughs> huge hit to a movie. I mean, you think about what, yeah. think about how much the 30 minutes of very short pieces of information. Mm-hmm. Batman vs. Superman, the Ultimate Edition added 30 minutes of very small mm-hmm. things. It was not like a 10 minute segment here and there. It was like 30 second to two minute segments here right. and there that added up to over 30 minutes. And that added so much to the movie. You take an hour sure, yeah. out of a movie with six lead characters yeah. not two six lead characters yeah. you've you've taken you've had to have taken some serious story arcs out and yeah. and again like you said flash became a well not not only story arcs for the characters but actual whole pieces of the storyline for itself right I mean, right you know right well, maybe, um, i think it definitely give them, suffers from a little bit of that yeah i mean i, I think it'll give them some freedom yeah. Maybe to to make some decisions with characters in the future because obviously a reset is incredibly possible at right. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, to go with your original statement about Flash, I love the Flash, and I love I do I love the show Flash. Yeah, I, I mean he's one of my favorite heroes next yeah. to if I like I love Batman. Batman's my all time favorite. Yeah. If I could have anybody's powers. Mm-hmm. It'd be the Flash, yeah. On even over Superman and like a Lantern, yeah. I'd like. To, I think that'd be fun. It's a lot, be like the a lot Flash. of chafing, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably that. a little bit of chafing. A lot of, a lot of gold bond. The nipples are gonna hurt after it rubs up and down. <laughs> My nipples, yeah. wrong universe. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right. It kind of they kind of did uh, 
yeah. take him down to comic relief, which, which you is get that they... Well, like my friend Stewart said, because uh, he's a big fan as well, he made the point that like the the character Barry, the character of Barry Allen is very different from the character of Wally West, and I, and I I agree with my friend Stewart that I think it probably would have been better if Ezra Klein was quote unquote Wally West Ezra Miller versus or no what's his name Ezra Klein Ezra Miller what is that his name talking the actor yeah what's his fucking name Ezra Miller that is it. that's it right you said Klein the first time. Twice. Oh, shit. I thought I said Ezra Miller the first okay. time. Okay. Alright, whatever. At any rate... <laughs> yeah, Ezra Klein, totally different person than me. Um, but no, like, I think... Uh, shit, now I'm fucking all... They were making oh, yeah, it Wally West? Would have made it better as Wally West. Because then it would have been okay to have that comedic... Uh, that The comedicness there. Yeah. Uh, without as much... Because, I mean, even the, the Barry Allen in the show is... He has funny moments, but he's a very... Serious and heroic character, which, to be honest, this fucking series needs. Right, like, it needs heroes. Like that was a whole, and that I think that was another thing that kind of pissed me off about this movie is like I remember reading a bunch of news about it that made it seem like it was going to be very heroic, you know, all the way through, and the heroicness didn't seem to show up until the very last like fifteen minutes. Right, and then it became like once Superman returned. Then it became like okay for everyone to be kind of like a little bit more off edge and a little bit more like heroic feeling, right? You know. And, well, I mean, uh, I guess they they wanted him to be that symbol of you know, yeah, which I get, but hope, but uh, but they yeah. also need to have some capacity to do that on their own. Yeah, like it. I think it would have been more interesting to do a movie where you have the the team that was introduced in Justice League mm-hmm. get through. Some kind of ordeal together as a group. Right. And resurrect Superman at the very end for a threat that's going to be in another movie. Honestly, that's probably where they were going when they originally planned this to be like two full movies. Right. Um, that's probably where they were. To be yeah, honest. because I think that would have just been, you'd have been able to sh- establish these characters um, and a team that they can work together in. And you get to, sh- they get to prove that they're heroes mm-hmm. and then hit them with, okay, now. Dark say Dark Side's coming. Yeah, we really need Superman back now. Yeah, because um, that's it. I mean, that's a whole other thing to talk about is, is the Superman character throughout this movie. Uh, they talked a lot about how his return was going to be epic. Yeah, and just awesome. And to me, the return that they went with was yeah. lackluster, uh, to say the least. I mean, you, you're literally talking about it. Just kind of it, kind of. It kind of hits you in the face. They're sitting there in the hangar talking yeah, about, yeah. here's this uh, mother box. We don't really know what it does. It has a lot of energy. What if we could pump that into a person's cells who don't decay yeah. and can absorb that energy? And like, yeah. wait a minute. This is your plan to bring back Superman? I would have been more pleased if Superman just spontaneously came back to life and just showed up well, than if they than that they went through this method. And I don't understand why they didn't do something like that. Because, all right, this th- that was you're touching on one of the scenes... That probably bothered me the most, and because I'm not, and again, I want to, I want to say this. I like this movie. I, you know, we have both bought tickets twice. We've seen it twice. I enjoyed this movie and really do like it. I will watch it again when it comes out. I enjoyed this movie. However, the reveal and the comeback of Superman is probably one of the worst executed moments in this movie, for exactly the reason you said. 
So you have a, all of a sudden, just a moment in the movie where they just, everybody's like, why don't we just fucking use this box, bro? And everybody's like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And then one person out of all of them is kind of like, I don't know, like, he's dead, so maybe we shouldn't. And everybody's like, nah, we need him, dude, so we're going to use the box. Right. So then they get there, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, maybe they'll come up with like a neat way to, to bring this back. And so they get there to the ship. Which was kind of funny that a group of superheroes had to hide their way and sneak, sneak into, into this ship. fucking yeah. building. All right. So I was like, okay, all right. So they, they finally get in there, and their answer for it is for Cyborg to put his hand on the terminal and interface with the ship. And then he's like, okay, someone needs to drop the box, the mother box. And as soon as it hits the amniotic fluid... That was also, by the way, just used to create Doomsday. Right. Um, so we're going to dump his body in the exact we're same gonna shit this. <laughs> that created the thing that killed him. Okay. The amniotic so, fluid is like Will Byers in, in Stranger Things Season 1 and Season 2. Yeah, it's yeah. just a plot device. Yeah. And that's where so, they keep harping on it. <laughs> yeah. So then they, they drop the mother box, which at this point still hasn't been fully explained. Like at one point in the movie, they're like, yeah, there's three boxes that were left on Earth because Steppenwolf had to run away. And when he did, the other three races on the Earth, which nobody knows about and is not in the history books, all hid their boxes away from everybody. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the Mankind one, which was found somehow by Star Labs and created Cyborg. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead and take that box. We're going to drop it. And... We don't have enough power in the ship for some reason, even though this is a fucking Kryptonian ship and shouldn't right. have any reason why it doesn't have power. It's just like, It's literally just to use flash channeling yeah, yeah, the electric yeah. current. Like, if I'm not mistaken, that same fucking ship was, like, dormant in the fucking ground for a long time. <laughs> and then still, just, like, when he's, like, 30 years old, it fucking raises a ship out of nowhere. I'm right. pretty sure that recharges the batteries at some point. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then... The whole excuse for it is they gotta drop the box, they gotta drop the box, the box has gotta hit the water, and at the exact moment that that box hits the water, which makes no fucking sense, there's no reason for that. They could have <laughs> literally just put it on like a platform that sat on top of the water if they really wanted to. Anyway, as soon as it hits the water, the flash has to run from one side of the ship, which again, why? Like, I would have rather seen him go like, Across the planet. Yeah. Like, give me a, <laughs> like give across me a significant the city. distance. Like, they did it in the, what is it, the Flash show. They have him do the uh, the Flash punch where right. like, he has to run, like, halfway across the He has the to hit, like, Mach city. 2 or whatever. Yeah. So, like, yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that. Do that. But so, instead, they have him run from the fucking hallway outside, as far as I can tell, <laughs> down to the other end of the ship, which is not that big. I mean, it's literally, like, two blocks, two city blocks or whatever. He runs down... And as soon as he touches it with his finger, he electrocutes the box. The box electrocutes the water, and the wa- and the the box itself, fully rejuvenated, fires energy into Superman. Somehow, mends all of his cells in one second. Bam! Out out the top of the roof. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, dude, they did this in the comics, and they literally had it so that he was like, he was quote unquote dead. But then he just, he was like, he slowly rejuvenated a little bit. And then once he got out, he went and found the Kryptonian, like, thing himself. Right. And recharged himself and came back. And right. It. Well, that's kind of what I expected because right. they gave us this piece <laughs> in the trailer where yeah. they show Alfred talking to somebody and it just says, mm. he said you'd come. Mm-hmm. And all and people are talking about, they see the red reflection. And I was like, okay, I kind of hope it's somebody other than Superman because... 
we know Superman's coming back. Yeah. Like, I hope that's something else. Well, one, that part wasn't in the movie. Yeah. And two, please, I wish that had been Superman, even though I didn't initially, because what they did was not good. Because it would have been a better all, reveal. Right, yeah. all, it would have been better for him to punch his way out of the ground like a zombie. Yeah. And get, literally, the only reason he went to Alfred was to get his suit back. Right. Because yep. I'm mm-hmm. sure Bruce Wayne put that on lock somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, had it, had the whole patched up in it. He's and probably wearing it, to be honest. Right. Wearing He's it like crying. in the back cave. Yeah, crying a little bit. <laughs> So I did not like you. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> well, all right, all right. But so that that alone annoyed me. But what came next had moments of greatness, and then one of the most annoying things I think I've ever seen. But this is what this is why I'm gonna go, I'm gonna work through this again, okay? Okay, go. Because I want you to understand how I felt in the movie the first time I saw it. So when he gets up and he's like floating in front of the memorial for Superman. And it's all broken apart, and he's, like, looking around, and I was like, okay, all right, I get it. He was, like, coming back to life. He's, like, it's a kind of a shock for his system. He's seeing all this shit. He doesn't understand what's going on. Then he turns around, and he sees the crowd, and I saw a look on Henry Cavill's face, and I, my first thought was, please, God, don't let him have an amnesia moment. And he has an amnesia moment. So then what follows is him fighting the Justice League, which, again, has some great moments. Like um, the scene that we talked about with uh, Flash, right. where uh, Flash is uh, trying to speed by him. And, you know, like... Superman, he just yeah, like, cuts his eye at him? Yeah, and then looks at him. Like throws everybody else and just fucking looks at him and, and starts Flash. to fight him. Like, <laughs> and Flash is like, what the fuck? Yeah, so that that was awesome. Like I, I, really, I really did enjoy that. And I enjoyed the part where, like, uh, Wonder Woman hits him with the lasso, and you think like, "Oh, okay, like he's maybe gonna remember him back." And, and then he just full on just like woof, drags her for it. That was a great moment. All of this was great. Fucking right up until, fucking Bruce says, "Bring in the big gun," and I knew what it was. And the fucking car pulls up, and the door opens, and the little woman's shoes come out. And it's fucking Lois Lane. And my first thought, again, was you just fucking did this in the last two movies. Right. You had Lois show up during the Zod fight. And that was ultimately, like, how he, like, yes, he killed Zod, but she came and comforted him. Like, that was important for his character because he was having literally a fucking mental breakdown. Um, you know, trying to decide whether or not to kill him. And then Batman versus Superman, you literally had her show up. So that Batman wouldn't kill him by saying Martha and everybody, which everybody rips on. This is a whole Martha, both of their mother's names and Martha kind of moment. So you have, you have Lois be the ultimate fucking moment in all three of these movies. And I'm like, stop. Like, let Superman for once figure this shit out on his own. Right. Like, if you had let him fight for a little bit and then just like, I don't know, like, uh, a crowd of people show up and he sees the look on, the, on, all these different people's faces and realizes that he's acting like the monster that he just killed. Right. Or, uh, he's acting like the monster in the first movie, Zod, that was going to destroy the human race. This is an important moment for him. Right. Well, you could have simplified it even further. I mean, he could have just, instead of flying out and just landing right there next to where he was, you know, resurrected. Yeah. He could just flown up into the stratosphere and taken in, Everything. Yeah. Just listen. All the all the hurt and pain that was coming right. out. Because they make a big point of that in the beginning of the movie to say, with Superman gone, this this is the way the world is now. Right. Like, the world is in pain. Right. The because, world is yeah, in pain. And I think like, that that alone would have been enough, 
you know, for him to kind of snap out of it, remember where he, remember who he was. Because, I completely agree, yeah. Because, I mean, I think that they did it that way just to be able to have those few good moments that we enjoyed. Because, like I said, and I said this earlier when we talked about the, the flash moment where he yeah. cuts his eye at him, mm-hmm. there are a couple times in the movie, the very fir- one of the very first scenes, you have Wonder Woman... Stopping that, that bank job where they're going to blow up the bank and, right, yeah. and, uh, like they show you how fast she is mm-hmm. and she's stopping bullets out of she's a machine gun. Than, yeah, speeding bullets. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like running in front of a crowd and stopping the bullets with their cuffs, which was sick. And I, first thing I said when I saw it when I was watching it with my wife the first time, I was like, this is, this is a reference. Yeah. They're showing you how fast she is. Yeah. For, for when the flash is on screen. Right. And then in the several other scenes when flash actually, you know, Taps into the speed force and, right. and yeah. is, is moving that fast. They make a very clear point, especially in, um, there's one scene, mm-hmm. and I think, I can't remember if it's the one where he tips the star, the sword mm-hmm. or not, where they show literally everyone in the team's face. Yeah. And they make a, I think it honestly, it seems like they're focusing on the fact that the eyes aren't moving. Yeah. He's moving so fast that no one's even perceiving that he's he's in that he's even in, you know, their field of vision yeah. because he's moving so fast. So then they build up to Superman and that blue eye just darts over to the left or to the right and you're just like, "Oh shit." shit. Yeah. Like awesome. this is what I wanted to see. Like yeah. like show me how fast he is because they they don't really talk about yeah. it and um I thought that was really really well executed for that piece. And yeah. I feel like that doesn't yep. happen without the plot device of he's got amnesia and we don't really have a good reason for yeah. that. Um, well, not, then, not only that, but it gives them the option to not have him at the beginning of the end fight. Right. That's it. Because right. he's too OP. Right. So, I mean, it, it completely takes him out by having Lois show up and then suddenly Superman's like, i got to fly away. i got to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. Like, my I'm, life is kind of shit. I just, yeah. I just came back. I'm itchy. Right. <laughs> I got to fly off because I'm itchy. I got this itch because right. she's thirsty. So, uh, yeah, Those are a couple bad jokes in there, man. A couple <laughs> bad jokes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that whole scene, like, um, I've told everybody that, that I've talked to since Man of Steel came out that, that seeing movies made now, in this mm-hmm. time period, with the special effects that we have available, right. you can show how strong Superman is. Mm-hmm. You couldn't come close to it before in a live action movie. You just couldn't. So, yeah. To really actually visualize the strength that this being has. Mm-hmm. One, the insane speed is just enough. Just to see him even be able to move with Flash at all was enough. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I really, really liked was... Again, I like the lasso scene. Mm-hmm. But when him and Wonder Woman get in that kind of headbutt battle... Where he like flies up, or she goes to do the oh, cuffs, yeah, yeah. and he gets over there fast enough to get his hand between the cuffs. Because first I thought he just grabbed it and absorbed it, but yeah. he didn't. He gets his hand under her arm and between them, so that when they hit, they don't actually hit each other. Yeah. Um. And uh, she headbutts, or he headbutts her. Yeah. Then she, she headbutts him, and each and, time yeah. they have like the sonic boom between yeah. their heads, kind of goes off, and then he flies up in the air, so he's above her With and headbutts her. Yeah. Into the ground. Yeah. I mean, like, just plows her into the ground. And I was yeah. like, much as I don't like to see him fighting, yeah. that's how strong he is. Yeah. And we, we just, they, you know, that that just made me very happy. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it, like you said, it had neat moments during that fight. I just didn't think executed that's the way it needed to be. Right. No, like, I, I, I would have rather seen him just come back. Not only that, but that, that particular scene followed the Avengers. Same scene. I mean, yeah. it, it leads right up to the, the team fighting each other, nobody really wanting to work together, 
and then having to having to come together, being forced to come together after that. Right. You know. Right. And then of course, like I said, it benches Superman because he's way too OP. It right. it literally says like you need to take this the rest of the team, which is having trouble with Steppenwolf, and you need to put them for like the first fifteen minutes of the fight. They need to go out and have their ass handed to them. And then Superman needs to show up. Right. And at that point, you know it's going to win because they, he's fucking OP as shit. Right. Like, he's just going to come in. And they, I, like, like you said, they haven't been able to, like, represent what his power level is or what he's able to do. And I think they still haven't figured out how to knock that down a little bit. Because, I mean, in theory, stuff like, uh, Wonder Woman's lasso, should have worked against him. Right. Because it's magic. Right. And he has, he's susceptible to magic. But if you don't define that in these early movies, you're going to keep having a character that you don't know what to do with. Right. Because you're going to have to keep benching them until the last or few minutes of the fight. Or just Kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Which you don't want to overuse that either. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. it's going to, it's going to get overused if they bring mm-hmm. Lex Luthor back at all. Yeah. Well, and that's, um, I mean, the whole end of the, all right, again, we're doing a spoiler cast, so this is going to be a big one. But at the end of the movie, they have the scene with uh, Lex Luthor and Slade Wilson, and they're talking about doing their own league. The reason that particular scene works really well, and the explanation of the fact that they're going to create their own league, is because finally you're not going to have a single bad guy who is super-powered, but not as powerful as Superman. You could theoretically have a person like Wade uh, Slade Wilson, who's going to have to fight someone like Batman... Because each of them do not have superpowers. They're just really good at what they do and really good at fighting. And then you can start bringing in team members that mirror the individual other team members. Right. Like Brainiac could be brought in to fight Cyborg. And, you know, like there's there's characters here and there that you can Cheetah come in. For, yeah. Is that um, her name? Cheetah? I think so. Fight Wonder Woman? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Reverse Flash, obviously, is the easy one for, for Flash. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think that'd be good. I mean, I think that... Uh, I hope they get to that point to do something with that. Yeah. I mean, I really do. Yeah, me too. Um, that's a long way off, though. Yeah. It's a long way off. I, I did like the look. I got to say, Deathstroke's armor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, dude, that was sweet. Amazing. That was awesome. I think yeah. it was probably one of the best costumes in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it was literally on screen for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, it, but, yeah. I mean, we're like I said, we're a long way off from that. Long way off. While we're on the topics of looks... And this is one, you told me to make up a list. I don't have a list. I have one single thing that really popped out in my mind that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, why does Steppenwolf look like a fucking bull testicle? <laughs> like, I don't, I did not get the aesthetic. Because I'm, right. I'm not really, I'm not super familiar with that character, I'll be honest. I, he doesn't look um, like that. Exactly. It's, it's actually pretty colorful. Exactly. Most of the <laughs> stuff from Apocalypse is <laughs> yeah. pretty... Like, one of the first things I did when I got out was I looked at the character, and I'm looking at some of the artwork for it, and I'm like, okay, he's got silver armor with, like, red pieces on it, and then his face is tan, he looks like a dude with a, a goatee or something like that, and my first thought was, like, why? Like why? why did you make him look like a busted bull testicle? <laughs> because he's, you know, his, like, armor has, like, these weird grooves in it, they made him gray on gray. Right. I was like, this is not something that you, like, what is he, the Silver Samurai all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> dude, bust him out there with, like you said, put some color into it, man. Give him something to, to really look. You've already had, you had General Zod, 
who was wearing black and had a black goatee or whatever and hair and then tan face. And then you had <clears throat> in uh, Superman versus Bat- uh, Batman, you had Doomsday show up who was like a gray ogre until he got some of that, like the facial spikes on. So. Right. But why? Why do you keep going with gray as your villain? Like, right. Gray, like, not to mention when you've got one coming that actually is yeah. gray. Gray. <laughs> Dark side is it's gray. gray. He's a gray guy. <laughs> so why would you want to keep burning that in? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I was just looking because I was Googling the picture because um, I was looking for a particular one that I had seen. Yeah. Uh, and I can't find it now. But what came up was the picture from the post credit scene that showed up in... Or it was, the, it was the end scene, it wasn't post-credits, it was before the credits, in the ultimate edition of Batman vs. Superman, where they show um, Lex Luthor communicating with Steppenwolf through whatever that medium was with the the weird like metal-looking shit that just kind of disappeared when they showed up. This one. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, he doesn't look like that anymore either. I mean, he's not even close to looking like that. Like, it's not even... And this, at least in that medium, he's got to be all one color. And I'm hoping that's not why they made that decision to stick with that, because you could have made him look like anything. Yeah. If this was your your original shot. Yeah. And... Well, his fucking face came off weird, too. Like, he had the bone things sticking out right, of his face. Right, one of them was broke, too. Yeah. But it, it looked very much like Doomsday, and I was like, again, you already did this. Like, come up with a different look for this person. Right. Like, make it pop. Right. Like, that especially. Especially. Especially when we are in the realm right now of Marvel going full fucking blown with color. Right. Like, dude, their movies are so fucking colorful that sometimes it looks like a fucking kindergartner came in right. and just poured paint all over the place. <laughs> right. Especially, I mean, like, Thor 3, colorful as fuck. Right. Like, everything is, like, super vibrant. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, super fucking vibrant. Like, bring in that color. Don't just let it be drab all the time. Or like, right. You know, and well, and I feel like they tried to. It was another thing that when I first saw yeah. it that I wanted to tell people about uh, yeah. the movie. Uh, one of the first things I told you guys, my spoiler-free thing, was when you go into it, think about your animated DC movies. Yeah. Think about what you'd seen because mm-hmm. they may have left that out with what Steppenwolf looked like and what yeah. some of the characters looked like. But when you think about the Marvel movies, think about yeah. your big fights in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Broad daylight with lots of bad guys. Yeah, right. All right. So DC, it seems like in a lot of their in a lot of their animated movies, at least, uh, and a lot of the comics too, but just the animated Justice League movies. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like when there's a bad guy around, the sky changes color. Yeah, you know. So for yeah. really no reason, with no explanation, the sky is red going yeah. into the final battle, and what they're fighting, what this, well, not what they're fighting, but what they're trying to prevent, what these. The, the unity mother boxers are creating is yeah. this kind of colorful destruction. Yeah. And that to me was spot on. Like I was like, okay, I can see that because they've like, that's kind of what that looked like to me. I honestly right up wish until, they'd gone bigger with it. Right. I do too. And right up until the very end where mm-hmm. it all turns into flowers, which doesn't really make sense. Didn't have any purpose. Didn't <laughs> explain anything. <laughs> Again, like, didn't explain why it happened, but yeah, it's yeah. absolutely something that would have happened in the end of a justice league. Animated oh, for sure. Movie. Yeah. And that's kind of why I got over it. I was know? I was okay with it. I I figured. I mean, except for some of the basic explanations of the mother boxes, like that was fine. I didn't care. Like, okay, well, like maybe it depends on who's using the fucking mother boxes. You know, like Steppenwolf wants to make it more like his original home, so he does this, and it comes out looking like a hellscape. Like they defeat it. They're the heroic people. It comes out breathing new life into the area. Right. Whatever. That's fine. That's cool. 
The thing that I didn't understand about it is like the thing created like a giant bubble over the over this town. Which I also can we go ahead and say why does it have to be Russia again? Like, <laughs> I get it. We're in like a new like Cold War. Maybe I don't care. But like why? Why? Like we did the Avengers two did Sokovia. Sokovia. We already had that. Why are we doing Russia again? Like, put it in South America, man. Put it on top of Bolivia. I don't give a fuck. Like, just put it somewhere. You know, like, not Russian. Um, it was just weird. But I get it, because, like, it had to have the... The nuclear the plant nuclear made plant. sense, yeah. But you could have done that with anything. Right. You literally could have had... You could have made up a city, like Gotham or Metropolis. They're made up cities. You they don't exist. You literally could have just had them show up to a brand new nuclear plant. Right. It didn't have to be a decommissioned one. It could have right. just been, like, a new one. Because well, that would have made more sense. I think to part of that, too, was because the number of civilians... Yeah. For them, that's that's also a new thing for them, saving large numbers of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you had Flash push a truck out and Superman carry an apartment complex, and that was it for saving people. Well, I was about to say, it was just kind of funny when uh, the original complaint about Superman was building, like, bringing down, like, whole fucking city blocks of Metropolis, and, like, people just dying left and right. And in this movie, they're like, well, we he saved an apartment. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. Like these people are going to be able to live another day in their busted ass apartment that flew through the air. Okay. Like, let's give him that. He did. He did right. some good. You know? Right. So okay. All right. Like I'll give him that. You know? Yeah. But I'm just saying, like it would have. It, for me, if you'd brought it somewhere else, like if you brought it to some place in China or something like that, just something, giving a little bit more, like oof, you know. Right. But I feel like that the end of the movie kind of suffered from. Like you said, it, it had vibrantness to it. Like the tendrils going through the ground were like different colors. They, I think they were the color of the mother boxes. They were like blue and yellow and red. And purple one. And there. purple and they're flying through the, you know, the ground and it looked really cool. But then, like you said, for some reason over top, you just have this like very red air. Which right. casted this weird kind of look to the end of the movie, you know? Right. Right. It's not, and again, not in a terrible way. Just it was just right. It absolutely way. wasn't the worst thing in the movie. No, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, what, um, to change the subject a little bit, if you're yeah. cool, one of the things that no, I'm not cool with it. Okay. We're well, you can take right it. on this and fuck it with the mother boxes <laughs> all the way through the end. <laughs> well, that's well. Okay. Well, to stick with the mother boxes. Here's one thing. Oh, um, one thing that I'm glad they didn't do. Right. You could have just as easily made this a, a three movie arc where they're looking for the mother boxes. You very well could have. It's Sounds kind of like the Infinity Stones. It does indeed, yeah. Yeah, so I'm really glad they didn't try to do that. I'm kind of glad they burned them all at once. And yeah. I, honestly, people complained about Steppenwolf, uh, said he wasn't a good villain. I agree he looked bad. Mm. But I think otherwise, he was appropriately forgettable. Yeah. He's kind of a throwaway character. They didn't necessarily kill him. They used him in a good way Yeah, to bring the team together. Because that's not what this movie wasn't about who's this bad guy. The movie was about bringing... This group of heroes together, I and I think you need a good villain sometimes. But I feel like yeah, they had like they went in with the intention of him being a throwaway character, not being somebody who's going to come back and cause them trouble later. But he will, because I mean, oh he yeah, got, he got picked up at the end by the boom tube, right? To go back to Dark Side, right? Which reminds me a lot of Loki. Yeah, that sure. was the one problem. Okay, like, I'll give you. If that. they had given a little bit more definition to that character, I think he could have come off very different from Loki. Because, I mean, obviously, by this point in the Marvel Universe, Loki's kind of come around. He's... Oh, shit. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Pointed all the way through the last podcast. (laughs) Fucked it all up. But it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that this character, or the Loki, and that character, 
has had a full arc all the way through the series. He's been super bad villain. He's been kind of bad villain. He's kind of been anti whatever the fuck he is. Thing, yeah. yeah. Um. So he's he's kind of having his little arc. You could have done that with Steppenwolf as well <laughs> if you had explained a little bit more about the character. Right. Like, you could have opened the movie on on like Apocalypse. Yeah. You could have opened the movie somewhere where he is exactly before or, Justice or, or League movie Dark starts. Side, right. Or we're we talking about Apocalypse. Apocalypse is where they live, isn't it? Maybe I don't fucking know. Pretty sure Dark Side they they live on Apocalypse. That's right because it's spelt weird. It's like a, yeah a with a K. K. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right, right. Right, so, I mean, that would have been a good way to start it. Just give me something, but, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't hit your two-hour time limit if you did that. Um, Correct. Uh, Correct. You know, but, yeah, I mean, he wasn't, uh, like I said, I think appropriately forgettable for this movie. I agree. He'll have a chance to redeem, they'll have a chance to redeem themselves some way. I'd hope, like hell, since he got spanked in this one, mm-hmm. that maybe he's come back with a little bit different looking armor in the next one. God forbid. Be good. Well, he lost his helmet. Right. So, so he's there's got a that helmet. The fucking bull part of the bull testicle <laughs> helmet. Um, hopefully, will be gone. But, mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll change it up a little bit. Yeah. But. All right. So let's go. What do we got left? We've got three, at least three characters we didn't talk about at all yet, really. Oh, dude. I mean, we keep on talking because yeah. I, I got, I, dude, I got shit lining up the window for this. Sweet. Movie. And again, Sweet. Did not hate the movie. Just want, I want to say that I did not hate this movie. I just have things I want to talk about. Right. No, that's what we we actually talked about that walking across the parking yeah. lot. Is that you know we like movies. I like I loved this movie. Yeah. I, I really did. Like I I will buy it when it comes out. Oh, yeah. I'll probably buy it two or three times because I'll yeah. probably buy a collector's edition. I'll probably buy it in digital because I can't wait for yeah. the disc. I'll probably buy. You know I'm just I I love the movie exactly. Yeah. But when you when you love movies just in general, Some, you're going to find things wrong with it with every movie. Yeah. There's always a problem with. With, yeah. with the movies in some way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that... Sometimes, we're going to pick this one apart. Sometimes but. it's okay to shit all over what you love. Right. Right. And I'm allowed to do that yeah. because I love it. Exactly. It's right. mine. I love it. No. <laughs> um, yeah. But so. no, like, yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up to you, and I wanted to see if you felt the same way, was... So, I, I know I kind of caught you off guard. No, go ahead. Go ahead. During the movie. Or, well, I caught you off guard in the movie when you were talking to me about... Um, Ben Affleck. Um, I want to. I want to make this also clear. I thought Ben Affleck was an amazing fucking choice for Batman and Batman vs Superman. And I think Ben Affleck came into that movie wanting to give it his fucking all to make that character. And I think he had planned on directing and writing the next movie, and that he was excited about doing this. And I think. The entire fucking internet shit all over this man once again without recognizing that he was a good choice. Like, there's not a lot of other people that could have played this without coming off as either too flippant. Like, we could have just been like, well, look at, uh, shit, what's his name that played, um, Robin in, uh, the last Christopher Nolan movie? Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt? Joseph Gordon Levitt. You could have just been like, oh yeah, well, we should have just brought in Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like, fuck Ben Affleck. Like, we could have had, like, Nightwing in there. It's like, yeah, okay, we could have. But it probably wouldn't have been that good. We got the grizzled older Batman that's right. been and that was, for a that was incredibly years. important for the way they wanted to tell the story. Exactly. Now, my, my problem comes up in this movie because I feel like Ben Affleck kind of phoned it in in a couple of scenes. And one scene in particular bothered me the most, and that was the scene with him and Wonder Woman after he's gotten beat up by Clark, and he's you know he's got all the bruises, 
and she comes in and they start talking about like <clears throat> you know like her inability to stand up and be the leader not because she can't but because she's afraid of allowing other people to take their or put their lives in her hands she doesn't want to see anyone die again and i think that scene should have been much stronger because you sh- you should have had a grizzled older batman which has been like explaining to her like this is what happens because you could have referenced the whole Robin situation. Exactly. This is a guy who lost a partner at one point in somewhat of a very bad way, as far as we can tell. <laughs> because the only thing that's been touched on so far is a Robin costume with ha ha the jokes on you. Which, if it's anything like Death in the Family, means that the Joker probably beat the shit out of Robin with a crowbar and left him for dead somewhere. Right. So this should have been a very important scene for him to be like, look... You like you need to stand up and lead this because I can't anymore because I'm just I'm fucking burned out. Like right. I've been in this, I've seen this shit, I can't do it, I can't inspire people like Clark. You are the only one that has the ability to be the inspiration this team needs. Right. One is too flippant, one doesn't care, and one's afraid that he's Victor Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, like, he needed to make that clear, and I felt like that scene at the end was just kind of forgettable. Like, yeah. it happened, everything I went agree. on. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, that's a, it's an excellent point, I agree with you 100%. Mm. I managed to completely miss that entire point, because all I could focus on in that scene was, I think this is a reshoot, because he's clearly not in as good a shape in this scene as he was in any of the previous scenes in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just looked rough. He looked like he he he, had, he wasn't, you know... Clearly, as trimmed down as he was for for the the opening scenes with him, yeah, I mean, he's in he's in the shape he was in for Batman or Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. by the end, there it's kind of like, like sir, kind of like he's uh, just uh, even his cow, even the way his cow fit his face, yeah. looked different by the end of the movie. Yeah, so that was something that really threw me off by that point in the movie. I was like, all right, now some of the reshoots, I, I, and I don't know what all was reshoots. Um, and what wasn't? It's hard. It's hard to be able to tell. But it's uh, uh there's some that you think probably are somewhere. You think they definitely changed the lighting. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I I missed that in that scene. That's like I said, an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I missed it just because I was yeah looking at like visual things, and that's something that I I do enjoy in movies is trying to catch those little things. Yeah. Um, and there was, and that's another thing that I think that that's uh. Snyder does well. <laughs> that was, I couldn't do that again if I tried. That was awesome. Um, th- like with little <laughs> little pieces of things that just kind of sh- show up. Uh, um, one of the things that I noticed this time that I didn't notice last time, for yeah. example, was the guy Howard, the janitor in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize the first time that that was his wife cussing on the news when Lois is talking yeah. to him. Yeah. And, and I also didn't catch that when they go looking for the people that have been kidnapped, it's his badge on the ground. Yeah. You know, it's kind of little things like that. And there's a bunch of little things like that that I feel like they, they tied in pretty well. Yeah. Um, just kind of makes it feel like a cohesive thing, you know? Yeah, which those moments are important because, to be honest, there were a lot of other moments that were lacking in that right. explanation for right. stuff. Um, you know, something, this is something else that kind of bothered me. And it shouldn't have bothered me. But it did. It mainly bothered me because it was never touched on again. But when they're showing the back, the background 
on the mother boxes. And they're talking about this war that was Steppenwolf versus the rest of these people. So it's, it's very neat. It's interesting. I loved that they showed, like, the Amazonians and the Atlanteans and the... Um, humans and the gods. The humans and the gods. And then they show the Green Lanterns, and I think to myself, that looks fucking epic. Because those Green Lanterns look like the Green Lanterns I want. Right. No offense to the Ryan Reynolds movie. Some offense because it's pretty shitty. But um, those Green Lanterns that they showed in this movie were fucking on point. Like, they looked good. And, like, the ring powers looked good when they were using them and stuff. But the fact that they had, like, two of them, one gets killed, ring zips off, and nothing. <laughs> like, nothing. That's all you For the rest about. of the movie. Right. They give this one little touch on it. And it, my, I told my friend Stuart after I got out of the movie, my one of my huge problems with that is that would have been a perfect time to have a teaser at the end of the movie. So for the ring to pick somebody. Or not not even necessarily pick somebody. You could have had, and we talked about this, we talked about the idea that maybe not use Hal Jordan since the last movie didn't do too well and just have him as a mentor to whoever becomes a Green Lantern. But take someone like Jon Stewart um, who could have found the ring and would have been gone from the Earth During with the, the Green Lantern Corps while this happened. And then at the very end of the movie, you could have shown him coming back in the full-fledged Green Lantern costume and everything and, like, land on the, you know, like, on the Earth and meet, like, Hal Jordan or something, like, out right. somewhere. Right, And And that could have been a, like, a huge teaser. And it would have gotten me amped because, dude, out of all of DC, I love two things. Superman, Green Lanterns. I fucking love the Lanterns. And the fact that they messed up the first one with the Ryan Reynolds, and then DC and Warner Brothers were just kind of like, yeah, we're not going to touch this for a while again because we're kind of afraid of, you know, people getting pissed again. <laughs> and then, like, my idea is, like, you just teased it. Like, dude, you just you just fucking showed me the greatest thing in the world, and then you took it away. <laughs> like, right after that. Like, right. Like, immediately yeah, after that. you fucking bitches. Yeah. No, it was, it was something that you're excited to see, and, and I agree. Yeah. Another wasted opportunity. You know, hopefully they've got something better cooking. Hopefully they got guys smarter than we are working on it, but the way yeah, it looks, I, I don't so, think man. so. We ought to write them a letter. Hey, we've got these ideas. You want to give us a job? Listen to our podcast. They're just right. like, no. Like, okay, Warner Brothers, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> All we did was shit on them the whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and again, which I'm, I don't want to shit on it, because actually, I, I really like certain stuff. I want to, I want to say that. Like, I liked... When Superman showed up at the end, as Superman, this is the first time I've seen a Superman that isn't opposed to joking around a little bit, that is happy with his place in life. Like, this it is took, Well, it took him dying to teach him that, but yeah, he's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. okay, maybe I need to lighten up. And then we're back on another part that I hated. <laughs> because I liked where they went with it, but at the very beginning of the movie, they do the handheld camera from the kids talking about like their podcast, their podcast. they're interviewing uh, Superman. And of course, there's already a Marvel movie that had just done something like that, which was starting the movie of Spider-Man off with Peter Parker doing this whole phone thing. So that particular type of imagery has already been used. That was a little bit annoying. But then the, the thing that I really liked at the end of that, and I think would have been better in a full-fledged camera shot with a bunch of kids just standing around him, is if he had said, because, all right, so the beginning, we'll just give everyone an idea. 
The beginning is uh, it's a handheld phone camera video of a bunch of kids talking to Superman and asking him like different questions and stuff like that. And then I think was one of the questions like, "What was your what is your favorite yeah, thing it, about what's your favorite Earth? thing about Earth?" Yeah, and he looks off into the distance for a long time. And if they had done it right, if it had been an open shot and he had glanced over. And in the corner had been Lois Lane showing up to do a report on whatever he just saved. And him just giving that little smile in her direction would have been it. Would have been an amazing beginning in that movie because you would have understood that that is, like, not only would that have solidified the Batman versus Superman thing where Flash shows back up and says it's always Lois, about her. Yeah. It is always about her with him because she matters the most to him. Like, he wants to save people, he wants to be Superman, but she matters the most. So if they had had that open shot of her just, like, rolling up in a news van to do a report on whatever he just saved, I think the whole tone of that would have changed. Right. You know? And I, I understand it's still, we understand what he's thinking about. I just think that particular imagery would have worked better. Right. Like he would have known for sure that that's what he was thinking about. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, definitely would tie all that in together. Yeah. That brings me to another thought, mm-hmm. unrelated to the ones that I had <laughs> had earlier. Um, because of the way the movie was in, like the intro worked, mm-hmm. they show you that little scene, right? And then they kind of go through the credits, and it's like you know, like you said earlier, showing the world yeah. in mourning of Superman, mm-hmm. and uh, um, like you got this homeless man sitting on the ground with a sign that says "I, I tried, tried," and mm-hmm. just kind of just not a good. The world is not in a good place. Yeah. Um, because like Batman said, he was a beacon of hope to the planet, and that right. has been extinguished. Right. Now. Yeah. Uh, that was one. That whole shot, while still very gloomy, very sad, absolutely had to be touched up after Zack Snyder exited. I yeah. can imagine that that whole set looked just like the uh, the fight, even just like the fight scene in Batman vs Superman yeah. between the two of them. I imagine it was that dark. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. So I imagine that was lightened up. Yeah. Well, it's, I told you, that worried me a little bit after seeing the movie and seeing the parts that Joss Whedon had touched up. It worried me that, like, if, God forbid, if this horrible fucking thing that happened happened to Zack Snyder, and I think I just said God forbid, so I'm going to change that because I don't want it to sound like I want his daughter to have died. Um, but if, if his daughter hadn't died and he had stayed on the project, how what much would darker would the movie like? have yeah. been? And that's not a terrible thing. It would have been different. But at this point, we know that we need these characters brighter, which is the whole end of the movie. It's explicitly stating like that these characters need to come out and they need to be more heroic. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman's back out in the fray. She's staying to talk with police and, and children. Um, you have Cyborg, who is out in the world, like, with his father, you know, improving himself, like, obviously a member of society again. Right. Um, you have Flash, who's going to actually improve his life and, and, you know, try to be more than just a guy slumming it in a basement or, a, you know, cellar or whatever the fuck he was in. Um, Sweet pad, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of makes you wonder if maybe he was stealing stuff. Stealing stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, then you have you have all this stuff that keeps coming up. And I think the one thing is you can keep Batman dark 
in the right. world. Because this is a guy. This is a guy who has con- contingency plans for all the other members of the Justice League that if any of them ever turned bad, he could bring them down. This is a guy who's supposed to be brilliant, smart, and dark because his parents were shot and killed right in front of him. That's supposed to fuck with Batman. We're supposed to know that. Right. And, and why, why would, after 20 years of being that way, Superman may have given him a new, like, uh, lease on life? Yeah. But that doesn't change 20 years of this solidified character. Yes, maybe he sees that the world needs something like him, and that maybe he shouldn't be so flagrant with the way he kills people like he did yeah. in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Um, they didn't even get the opportunity to show that he doesn't do that anymore in this one, because parademons don't count. Yeah. You can kill <laughs> uh, Right. They're so, already to kill But yeah, so like, it, there's a certain degree of that that would be required that I... I and that's one of the things uh, that I was going to talk about earlier, mm-hmm. just to talk about the three characters we haven't really talked about in detail. Batman's yeah. one of them. Yeah. We've talked about a few things with the character, but um, as a whole, mm-hmm. that for starters, that opening scene with him, with the, the guy on the rooftop where he's yeah. drawing out the parademon, <laughs> if you've seen the Justice League, I think it's Justice League Doom? Okay. I think that's the animated one where it's like the origin of the Justice League. That scene opens almost the same way. Yeah. Batman's okay. tracking down a parademon. Happens to be Green Lantern's present at the time. Um, Green Lantern eventually thinks he can take on Superman and gets his ass handed to him, which is great. Yeah, well, um, you can have a lot of willpower. It doesn't matter after a while. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but like that movie, that movie started that way, and yeah. this scene seemed like it was Zack Snyder's untouched. It was dark because I think Zack Snyder's vision of Gotham mm-hmm. is fabulous, which it should be right. And yeah, and, and should, like first of all, the noir look. I just the way he so, moved yeah. everything, mm-hmm. I mean, every piece of it. And there were several scenes where you get to see Batman move like Batman mm-hmm. um, when oh, he, he jumps ejects, up in the air and he goes right, like, he right. throws his arms out and his uh, knees come up to his chest and right. he does the bat jump. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then like in the uh, and towards the end when he jumps out of the the um. The Batmobile, after he crashes it and ejects mm-hmm. and lands on top of whatever that massive stuff was from the the Unity, um, and he kind of does like the dive roll and the and the dodge and like you know he's he's yeah. in combat with these parademons because otherwise he's useless yeah. in this fight. Yeah. I mean, realistically, he's absolutely useless oh, yeah. other than taking out a handful of parademons. Yeah. And uh, I thought as as a whole, just. The just the the physical movement of Batman yeah. throughout this entire movie was fabulous, and oh, it just sure. gets me so excited, yeah. so excited. Especially, especially like we talked about when we talked about this too. You sprinkle in those little pieces of the original soundtracks. Once they did one from Tim Burton's Batman movie, it was really obvious. Uh, they even did the original Superman song when they bring Superman yeah. back. But there was peppered in there all over the place. Those four like opening notes from the animated series, yeah, that were just like that they they were subtle, yeah. but when he like <clears throat> there was just a couple times, and I probably didn't notice them the first time I watched the movie. Definitely noticed them this time. Um, that just plays, and you mm-hmm. just get it's. But if you're any kind of animated series fan, you just get excited. Like it's yeah. just like this is Batman, yeah, and this is how it's supposed to be. I mean, the way he moved around the the water tower yeah. in uh, the very beginning scene was yeah. was just. Perfect, and and I, I even said that in Batman vs Superman when he crawls across the ceiling upside down yeah. and shoots out. I was like, yeah. "Yes!" Like yeah. all you see is the cape, and that's why he's yeah. a myth yeah. for so long in Gotham because 
when you see something like that move like that, you never think human. Yeah. That never crosses your mind. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, like giant bat. what is this thing? Yeah. And how can it move like that? Because like, a person can't do that. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I didn't care that I couldn't quite figure out how he did it. Yeah. It was that he moved like he did in the animated series and that was perfect. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I will say, um, that, uh, yeah, I, I really did. I, I liked the movie overall. Um, I, th- Let's get on one another character real quick, because um, I mean, we're going on to an hour, but we can just keep going. Because I, I do want to say, like, I really liked um, Wonder Woman in this movie, and I think anybody that had ever thought, because dude, there are some people that told me flat out they didn't think Gal Gadot could do Wonder Woman, and I told them that, like, yes, this is a person that was coming from uh, Fast and the Furious. I get that, but this is a person who seemed like she cared about the character. Um, and to this day has proven that she does. I mean, well, she was almost, uh, I've read a song article that it said she was like as close as it gets to quitting acting altogether yeah. until she got the Wonder Woman role. Yeah. Which and, shows you if that's, if, if you, if, I mean, you obviously care about the role if, if that brings you back from quitting. Yeah. And, and I think, I think she, re- I think she, not only does she really care about it, um, but I think, uh, between, uh, Wonder Woman and this movie, I think someone put her into some acting classes and really gave her the chance to open her chops up. Because I will say, like, Wonder Woman, there were some stilted moments in that movie. That's okay to say. Right. Because, I mean, she was still really good in it. Right. I mean, dude, uh, that scene in Wonder Woman where she's running uh, across No Man's Land is still to this day, I watch that over and over again. It's a great scene. Like, it, it, fun, it is one of the first moments in the DC, uh, cinematic universe that shows one of their characters fully, fully taking the brunt for humanity. Right. Like, that is a great moment. Like, that is someone who is literally like, I will lay my life down to protect every life that is, is out here trying to protect life. Right. And that was good. That was a great moment. Um, so when she came back in this movie and you start watching it, I thought Gal Gadot did really well. She stayed, um, she was still front and center. She seemed like she really cared about, uh, humanity, her character. Um, you know, maybe she's not a leader, but she, she is a source of hope on that team. Right. And they, and they continually keep that right. for the entire movie. Which yeah. Is I, what, think, I think that know. was well executed yeah. her. I think, like, I agree. I think she, she played the role better. Um, than she did in, in Wonder Woman, which was still, like you said, great, great yeah. movie. But some something is improved. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the differences between Wonder Woman and her character of Diana, uh, Prince, are getting better as well. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, and there's not that many scenes with Diana Prince. But, you know, for the couple of moments you had where she was interacting at the museums and stuff like that, like... It was, it was a very nice scene. Like when the, you know, when the guy looks up and he's like, what did you do this weekend, Diana? And she's like, oh, oh not nothing. much. She's yeah, not saying much. thanks and blowing up. Yeah. Um, or nothing too exciting. Maybe that's what she said. Yeah. I gotta say, I leaned over towards this in the movie too. Cause I'm, I'm very much about the way things look. Yeah. Um, they added a ton of volume to her hair. Yeah. I know that sounds odd, <laughs> but like think about it in the comics. <laughs> no, they did. Yeah. Her hair was kind of weak looking in, in the Wonder Woman movie. Mm. Like when it was down. And they added that volume when they were in like the, the hangar and stuff. And yeah. I was like, that looks like Wonder Woman. That, that looks good to me. Yeah. I like that. And it's very simple, but one of those things that's just kind of pleasing. Yeah. 
No, it was. And I mean, there was, yeah, there's a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot to Wonder Woman to like. And even though she's got bigger hair in this movie, um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's really good though. She's a great character in this movie. Definitely. Her combat improved is, uh, yeah, impressive. Yeah. Uh, There was a, there was one part and I'm sure it was a stunt double for whatever, but you know, uh, there was a part when in the final fight with Steppenwolf where she like gets hit back and slides on her shield and right. then kind of hops up and like I just I don't know something about all all of the fighting just looked good to me just looked better I don't yeah. know maybe it's because she's fighting with other people that can fight yeah instead of just you know going in and wrecking a couple World War One soldiers that probably didn't <laughs> yeah. even fire a gun until the war started and, yeah. <laughs> and and they're actually trying to hand to hand combat the warrior princess yeah um. But uh, something about it was just more entertaining to me. Yeah. And her fighting alongside Aquaman was, well, I liked that a lot. All right. It brings us to one of the last two characters that we haven't really talked about is Simon Aquaman. Um, I thought it was great. Yes. Um, I was really excited when I first heard that they were getting Jason Momoa. I was really excited, unlike the Joker uh, examples when they first showed Jared Leto, the pre-production stills that they had done of Jason Momoa as Aquaman made me pretty much turn around and go like, yeah, you could probably do Aquaman in a, in a proper way. Right. And they did. I mean, yep. they, you know, they took a character who has been pretty a joke much a for fucking decades. joke. Yeah. There's been a couple of moments where he's really shined. Like, uh, I don't know about you, but that's, uh, there's a comic panel somewhere where he, um, he's like fighting somebody and he gets like two sharks to just come out of the water and like bite the guy in half. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But like, even at the end of the day, you're like, the guy still talks to fish. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, there's not, there's not much there. So like giving him a, a little bit of extra, like, oomph, like he's able to hold his own, like out of the water. He's a little super powered. Right. He can, you know, um, I will say I was, uh, I was a little disappointed though. That they didn't really go into his relationship with uh, Mara, like yeah. I don't know if he felt that way, but well, I think I was I would have liked to seen more. Yeah, um, but they cut like in another another character people forget all about is Willem Dafoe's character, um, and his name's going to escape me now. Um, but he's like an advisor to Aquaman in the comics. He's an Atlantean, he's an advisor to Aquaman. Hmm. Um, they cut his scenes too, and they cut a lot of. The, the Atlantean, the Atlantean stuff, because, and oh, I think it's because. It shows, cause right. there's like I think it's because they're gonna have so much more in his own movie. Yeah. One of the things I read today was James Wan, is that his name? I know his last name's Wan. Maybe? I, I think. The director of the Aquaman movie. Yeah. Um, reassuring everybody that there will be no use of bubbles to talk underwater. Like, they won't be having the whole movie where, oh, something's happening, let's have somebody create let's an underwater bubble, bubble yeah. so we can talk. <laughs> this is a neat visual piece in the, in the, in the, um, yeah. Justice League movie, but I don't want to see that all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that they touched on it, and because I did research, I, I followed the stories and stuff before the movie came out, I understood that where the character is right now, yeah. the character still does not like Atlanteans. Yeah. Still doesn't want to be a part of that. He's not. You know this king that he is, and the, that he will be. That he's destined to be. Right, yeah. and and I think that's important because that's the only, probably one of the only reasons they're able to convince him to help is because he doesn't really have anywhere he fits in, and somebody's asking him to join him. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he even admits to that. 
And when with the, when he sits on the last <laughs> one, which again, let's let's go ahead and give some credit where credit is due. That is an awesome scene. Yeah. Um. Let's let's write it down real quick. Essentially, what it is, uh, uh, Aquaman is sitting on top of like the Batmobile, um, and he starts talking about how like. He's never really had anywhere to fit in, and he, he finally has this place to belong. He doesn't want to die. He's never been a part of anything before. <laughs> yeah. and he's got stuff he wants to do. And he makes great comments on all the uh, the other members of the Justice League, like you know, where he just fluently states, like, you know, this guy's got no powers. This guy's probably working for the enemy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he just starts like naming everything, but then he like still talks about how much he enjoys being on the thing. And then Batman, of course, points out, like, you're, you're, you're sitting on the last of truth. truth. And he, like, gets kind of pissed off and, like, throws it back at Wonder Woman. Threatens, threatens the Flash. Threatens the Flash. If you <laughs> say anything about this to anyone, I will sue. He says, uh, every prawn I know. <laughs> I've ever met, yeah, or I know, or something, yeah. Yeah, so he did hear anything after we're all gonna die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good scene. That was a good scene. And I think it was important for his character. Yeah. Because it tells you a little bit about him. Yeah. You know, that he's not just all this, this rough on the edges guy. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think they, they showcased his power set well enough for a starting character because like he, he doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah. Controlling yeah. water, he couldn't have done without the trident. That's what he asks for from Mara in yeah. that scene was, well, I'm going to need something from you. Yeah. He's getting that so that he can try to do some of that, but he doesn't know how to do it yet. Yeah. So think about, that's the scale he's at with no experience. Yeah. What are we going to see in an Aquaman movie? Yeah. You know? And uh, I thought it was kind of cool how they, you know, he says he doesn't talk to fish. It's the way that the, the water, the water yeah. does the talking. And if the tides come in strange, you know, or something. I I really liked, I like who they picked for Mara too. So I really want to see more of her. I mean, yeah. Not only is she absolutely gorgeous actor, but at any rate, um, I, I really did like her. I thought she was really good for the couple of minutes that she was on scene where she gets kind of accusatory of like, look who shows up. Right. Like, you know, and, um, but I did, I did think that that whole sequence was kind of weird. I know they had to have it because they had a mother box, but it, it totally just doesn't, it comes out of nowhere. Right. And it doesn't feel like fully right where several just kind of shows up, busts up on people real quick and then just fucking like, ducks out again. Right. And then their their one line is he's like Aquaman looks at Mara and he's just kinda like, Hey, it took a hit. Like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't want to ask more? Like you just you just came back to your hometown, bro, or you know, whatever. Like what and was they, your plan to do if nothing was going on? Yeah. Like how was that gonna go if yeah. there was no fight? Were you just gonna fly in and not speak to anybody and go sit in your room and pout? Like, yeah. you or like you're gonna roll in and just like look at the box and be like a tear so later <laughs> But, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, the, the way that they did it, the time restraints, we've talked about it. I mean, two hours for a movie this big, I can understand where the hurts start coming. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I wish there had been a little bit more. Uh, right. Because, I mean, he's a great character otherwise. Oh, yeah. Um, did kind of think it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was a great scene with great music. Did think it was kind of weird when he, like, saved the guy. And then I get, I'm guessing... They were trying to say that this guy had been attacked by parademons. Yeah, that's what they were getting at. Yeah, and I didn't catch that. Honestly, didn't catch that at all the first time I watched yeah. the movie. And was paying extra close attention this time because I missed it the first yeah. time. And that's when I caught that that's what he was saying happened. Right. Um, but it didn't even look the same as the parademon blood that ended up all over Barry. Yeah. When he runs through them all the real fast. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, cause for, for starters, he's not called the Flash in the movie. Yeah. They never call him that. Yeah. 
They're, like he doesn't have a name yet. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of weird when like the companies refuse to use the names like that. Sometimes right. it's like just go ahead and use it. Right. Yeah. Um, you used the Aquaman at the beginning of the movie, which right. came off really stilted, to be honest. <laughs> right. Um, you could probably you can talk about the Flash. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That whole scene was reshot. The one with or the, a different scene. Ben it was like yeah, or it was a different version than they originally put in the trailer. The cadence, the way he spoke, it's off. The way he said the lines are different than yeah. they were in the trailer. Yeah, I liked it's, it better in the trailer. Well, I mean, I think we were talking about on the way home. There were a couple of parts of the trailer that um, that were didn't better. even show up in the movie. Uh, this is gonna piss off our friend Thomas if he hears. Uh, but you know, I'm hoping he'll listen to this after, after he, he sees the movie. movie. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the things is in the trailer they make out that scene with uh, Clark being home as a, a dream sequence, which I thought worked wonderful in the trailer as a dream sequence, like. You know, that would have been a good setup to show Lois kind of missing. That could have been an opening scene. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, for sure. For sure. Could have been a perfect opening. Would have been almost better than the, obviously, the kids filming the thing. Um, but, uh, that was, that was missing. And when they did have that scene, I felt like that scene was really weird as well. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> Dude, his fucking face. When, when she walks out to the field and, like, he, t- he does this, like, he, like, turns around and he's got this, like, <laughs> shit-eating thing on his face. And he's just like, oh, no. And then, like, she comes over and they start talking. That first initial, like, turn around is, like, one of the most dumbest faces I've ever seen on, on Henry Cavill's face. I almost feel like it was, like, a, a scene that should have gotten cut or that was, like, Going into the gag reel, and someone was like, "We don't have time to reshoot it. Just fucking use that one." <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, there was that scene was weird. Being yeah, itchy yeah. after coming back to life, I was kind of like that. Kind of seems like a cop out because you don't know how Superman would describe being resurrected. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it works. There was a couple other things in that scene though, that I liked. Yeah. Um, him saying, "You called mom." Mm-hmm. And then before they give you like a solid up. 20 seconds before she shows up. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Superman can hear her. That's good. I like that. That's good. Um, I like that as well. Uh, and one thing that I did think was funny about that was ah. you've got this man who is built like a brick shit house. Yeah. How did you find a shirt looking. that was too big? How did you find a shirt that was too big? Yeah. Uh, um, shit. Jonathan Kent was not that big. No. Where did that shirt come from? Ooh. You're touching on two things I want to talk about, but yes, okay. I I feel the same way, man. I, I feel the same way. There were, um, how the fuck did you make him ultimately look like the dumpy Clark Kent? Um, which later though, which is really funny because they make him, and this is something that I've always liked from the comic books. If you've uh, ever read, have you ever read All Star Superman? No. All right, I'm gonna get that for you. Um, remind. Sorry, podcaster. That's a reminder going off. Um, but. Uh, in that particular comic, um, the way that they draw Superman is when he's in the Superman suit, he is barrel-chested, back-arched, head-up, like the Superman. When he is Clark Kent, he is a seven-foot-tall guy hunched over in a way-too-big-a-suit. I mean, literally, like, the arm cuffs come down past his thumb kind of shit. <laughs> right. And it just looks like this dumpy, like, motherfucker walking around. 
and, and they do it perfectly in the comic books. So when you say like they had this moment where they show him in this like dumpy over flan- you know, too big flannel, that works perfectly. However, at the very end of the movie, when he fucking rips his suit open, he's once again wearing a really form-fitting suit. Right. And looks exactly like Superman would in a fucking suit. Right. Like he was going to, like, Sunday church or something. Right. You know? um, I still liked it, though. I definitely liked that part. Right. Because when he rips the fucking shirt open. So yeah, awesome. that was good. That was awesome. Uh, don't know how they explain Clark Kent being alive again. Another problem, but another day. I don't like, Yeah. I can't, we I, can't, there's nothing really even to say about that. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, kind of just like... The fact that nobody can recognize him. Maybe it, he goes to work for a different paper, calls maybe. himself like Mark Mint. <laughs> um, maybe so, but that, uh, the to the All Star thing you were talking about, the way yeah. they drew him. Um, I think I've actually talked about this in another podcast with you. Hmm. Um, uh, Christopher Reeves, the way he played the character, mm-hmm. he did that. He mm-hmm. like when he switched from Batman or from Clark Kent to Superman, yeah. he went from hunched over to. You know, like I said, barrel chested, standing straight up, and he could shrink himself like about four or five inches. Yeah. Um, just the way he stood, and that makes a huge difference for the way you perceive a person. You know, when you see yeah. him on the street. You yeah. Know? Um. So yeah, I mean, I could see that being there making sense. But yeah. did Jonathan can't spark something in you? Is that what you were? Yes, it did. Right, I'll tell that. you exactly what it was. Did you find it a little disrespectful on two parts in this movie? One being. One being the Jonathan Kent thing, which is they open up his casket. Clark has in his hands a picture of his dad. Didn't make sense that they just kind of destroyed it. Dude, I think that was the part that left one of the worst tastes in my mouth about this movie. Is when they dump him in that ambiotic fluid and that picture hits the shit and just starts to sink. I was like, dude. Somebody better get that picture. Somebody better go down there and get this like right now. <laughs> if there's not like a deleted scene of like Wonder Woman hopping down there real quick and like grabbing it and like brushing it off and like, you know, cause I was like, what the fuck, man? Like you just, you're trying to bring this guy back to, to life. This is his dad who mattered more than anything else to him in his entire life. He has this picture in his fucking hand that is a well-worn photograph. Because you can see it when it hits the water. It's like crinkled on a couple of inches right. and stuff. This is a photograph that he has had with him. I I think. I'm going to go ahead and suppose that he has had this photo with him. And when they take him out and dump him in that water, it just hits the fucking shit and starts to sink. And that pissed me the fuck off. I was like, come on, man. Like, the one thing in this movie that you have to give a little bit of respect to is fucking Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Kent. And you just let it fall? Like, fuck, maybe you deserve to get your asses handed to him when he comes back out with fucking <laughs> right. amnesia and shit. Um, but that that really made me mad. Um, and then another part that made me mad is at the very beginning when um, his mom has lost the farm and is having to move out and move into the diner. And it's fixed at the end. Because Bruce Wayne has a nice little quip about buying the bank that, you know, is able to give the house back to her. But fact of the matter is, at the end of the last movie, Bruce Wayne knows who Clark Kent's mother is. He is at her fucking family farm. He feels remorse for the loss of Clark. And allows her to go under. He still allows her to go under, yeah, on her house. Like, I don't know, man, that. That's another thing that just... And not only him, but Diana as well. Like, Diana was there at the farm as well at the end of that movie. Right. For that funeral. These are two people 
who have the most respect for Clark Kent and Superman. And they allowed his mom to lose her house. You let his mother fucking lose the house? The Just, family fucking farm? Right. Do we already know that this fucking family, I mean, the audience knows that the family has been through a lot. Like, they lost Jonathan Clark, or Jonathan Clint. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'll get it out one of these guys. Jonathan Kent, and albeit one of the worst possible ways in the movie ever, which is a fucking tornado. But, um... Yeah, it just didn't make any sense, and that really it it definitely rubbed me a little. Yeah, I think I think that one I'll chalk that one up just to a plot hole. Yeah, I don't think that was intentional by yeah. any means. No, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they were trying to say that. I mean, it was a nice little quip at the end for him. I did like that yeah. scene at the end because it's, one, he says uh, he says he bought the bank, and the look yeah. on Clark's face. Because Clark still just can't fathom that amount of money. Yeah. He's like, pretty, yeah. honestly, he looks like you can buy banks. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that you that a person could purchase a bank. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't know it was a thing. I think he even says, like, it was like a side project or something that right. he did. Like, right. <laughs> he, says, uh, he, say, he says at the end, he says, uh, I don't know, it's it's almost a reflex for me at this point. Yeah. And he just, because he just buys things, you yeah. know. And it's just kind of like, he's talking about buying a bank on a reflex and Clark is looking at you like, I live in a tiny apartment and uh, and make the money that a shitty reporter makes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I work in a newspaper. Like, that's not doing well <laughs> by any means. Right. But, it's yeah. just kind of funny that uh, I thought that I thought that was well executed. That, to me, was a, a good relationship between Batman and Superman yeah. from the comics, whereas I did not, was not a good, that was not how they would interact <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think just, he's a little too soft. Yeah. A little too soft. I agree. Yep. And, uh, well, all right. I guess it uh, brings us to our final one real quick. We've, we've kind of worked through everyone else. Let's talk a little bit about um, uh, Cyborg. Yes. Um, please, let's do. Let's do that. So that's a, that's a character, I think, and talking to a lot of, like, people who have kids, that's a character that most people know from Teen Titans Go. Yeah. And is a very different character in Teen Titans Go. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think personally that was kind of weird for them. I, I would have taken a Green Lantern to be honest because I just like Green Lanterns. Um, putting Cyborg in there, I think was a okay idea. And I think is a, was a good move. But I think I was surprised that they went with the, the very reserved, like, doesn't like to be out in the open, doesn't like to talk about things. Like, my feeling like that is there should have been almost a, what do you call it? Um, oh my God, I can't think of it now. Uh, almost like two, two sides of a personality. Um, you should have had, because this is a kid that was a high school football player, right? Star. Star. Who was killed in an explosion is turned into a cybernetic or half cybernetic person. There should have been a more arrogant, flippant attitude mixed with that very cold, robotic. Well, I don't think feel. that's true to how he was as a character. Anyway, I think he was a football star, but it was, he was he was also a stand-up yeah. guy. Like yeah. he wasn't he wasn't an arrogant. Well, I'm not I'm not saying like I'm not saying like arrogant in a bad way. I'm saying like almost like an arrogant of like you you did have that that grandeur moment. Of course, it's knocked down, but you should still have that like very 
just belief in yourself. Right. Like that, that's what I think was missing from that character is a right. belief in okay. himself. I'll give you that. That you know, that's what that's what I meant by arrogance. I didn't yeah. mean like in a shitty way. Right. Like, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't want him showing up and be just like, I'm fucking half robot Batman. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, right. You know, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> Right. By any means. Well, I think like again back to that Justice League Doom movie. That's that's one of my favorite like short like brief origins for yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, they did it very like in very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Gave you a nice little origin for Cyborg. Showed the scenes of his dad. The difference was instead of him being in his dad's apartment, he's locked into the he's locked in at the lab. Doesn't okay. leave the lab. Yeah. Um. Constantly having upgrades done. Um. He would he had a really cool part in, um, Throne of Atlantis. Okay. The, that Justice League movie, animated movie. Um, and that was one of the powers that he has that they didn't touch on that they use in that movie. Right. Um, he can basically kind of step into a virtual reality where they show you him like kind of mapping what happened or a memory or something. Mm-hmm. They said that was in a deleted scene. I don't know what the context was, but in the, in the Throne of Atlantis movie, they're in a subway that, that had been sank, sunk by Atlanteans. Um, and, or maybe it was like the Atlanteans' enemies at the time. They had been sunk by them. Yeah. And he goes in there and is recreating in three dimensions with the Justice League standing in it with him. Oh, okay. Recreating what happened. So they can see the holograms of what happened in there because he can he can compile that with the, the amount of data he has. Right. He can see all that. Yeah. And he can put all that together for you. And, and it made him like, it made it so he could find clues. Like he could, like he, once he reconstructed it, he found a weapon that had been used. Right. Um, and there was a scene apparently that was similar to that that was, uh, shown, or that was in a deleted scene that didn't make it to the final cut. Honestly, uh, if, you, if you're saying that, then that would have been the perfect opportunity to have Bruce Wayne or Batman showcase his detective skills right. alongside of Cyborg and to almost be like a guiding hand and the right. This is where we are. Take me over there. Zoom, yeah. Like show me that. Yeah. This is like you know. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They haven't shown Bruce's intellect in the movies that, they, that and they so need far. To. They need they to. They need to. Like, they do very much. Like yes, he is the Dark Knight, the Avenger, the you know the the, the Batman, the guy who goes out and casts fear. This is also supposed to be a super smart guy. That's his superpower. Like, he can't go toe-to-toe with Steppenwolf or he gets his fucking ass handed to him and a lot of bones broken. This should be a guy that's thinking of ways to bring down someone like Steppenwolf without being physically in contact with Right, and the only time you've seen him put that kind of effort in anything was him weaponizing kryptonite. Exactly, yeah. But that is literally child's play for what, what the character should be capable of. Yeah. You yeah. give him something that the guy is susceptible to and tell him, put this in the different forms that you can use. That's going to be a piece of cake. Yeah. Tell him to find a weakness for somebody who he knows nothing about. Yeah. You know, figure that, make him figure that out. That'll right. impress me. Yeah. And they just haven't shown any of that at all. Yeah. So I agree. That would have been a good point, a good place for that. What did you think about Cyborg's overall look? Very jagged. It, uh... For for an introduction, I thought it was good when at the very end of the movie and you see him in the labs and it gets smoothed out and you get the the, the red circle on the chest. and stuff. Um, I think that was a, I think that was a lot. I think that was better, and I think that's the way it would have been if you had had a cyborg origin film, and then what he became, right? Which is what this is. It's a cyborg origin film. You have him. The very beginning of the movie, he's standing next to the mirror, and he's constantly talking about how 
he's getting like new things. Like he wakes up with new powers. Like when he has the jump he jets. can fly now and he couldn't uh-huh. before. That was apparently in a deleted scene. There were a lot of deleted scenes that I read about that revolved around him. I could see it. I mean, he's one of the less known characters, so you you would have had to boost uh, some knowledge about him, right? You know, so, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, overall though, I thought he looked good for what it was. Yeah, yeah. I like. I kind of like that they made it like a because he's evolving. This is what he looks like. I mean, you got to think about the fact that in the original pictures, you can see what's left of him yeah. from the crash. Yeah. It's an entire right arm and his whole torso, maybe even below the waist a little bit, still yeah. present. And this form, the cyborg form, has taken over everything except for part of his face. Which right. I wonder if that's what they meant when Alfred says they've had partial hits, partial facial recognition, yeah. because he's only got a partial face. Yeah. Like I wonder if that's what they're getting at in the very beginning there when yeah. they talk about it. But um, this thing is clearly changing. Yeah. And we don't see it physically. He shows the abilities, like when he does that in his room with this, with yeah, seeing the, the screens hands. in his hands. Yeah. The orange stuff. That was the first time he'd done that. That was, that's what yeah. they were trying to get out. That was, yeah. that never happened before. Yeah. And the flying thing just happens. Yeah. So, like, these kind of things, um, are changing. So make the suit a little more raw to begin <laughs> with. And then, and then, like I said, it's moving out at the beginning because he hadn't worked with anybody yet. Yeah. Like I said, now, he wouldn't learn about it because yeah. he hated so much that he was that. Yeah. So things were just happening. And then once he starts working with his dad, they're able to smooth out that look a little bit. Yeah. And well, not only that, but he recognizes himself as, like, I mean, he makes a comment to his dad earlier about, like, uh, you know, people talking about an alien mean? invasion and I wonder if I'm it. Yeah. And his dad's like, you know, it says something and he's like, well, you know, why did you think uh, I was talking about Funny me? How you think, how you, yeah, funny how you think yeah. I meant. You met um, me. Yeah. So at the very end of the movie, when I think he recognizes that, like he can be a hero, he can be out there with these guys. That's obviously a good step up for him. Um, I think actually, like my favorite scene in the whole movie with him was when he, um, when he and Superman pull the mother boxes about apart, and the explosion happens, and they both fall back, and everyone's worried that Clark is dead. Or, you know, Cyborg is hurt or something. And then to have Superman crack a joke, which was needed for this character. Like, this is not a character who, sh- who needs to get up at this point and just be like, we've defeated, you know, the mother boxes. And like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like super heroic kind of shit. To have the character finally crack a joke and kind of joke about his own mortality... And then to instantly have it reverberated by Cyborg, where he's just like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> my toes hurt. I can't even explain the physics <laughs> of how my toe hurt. Yeah, that was wonderful. Cause that, cause to be honest, I think the whole movie I was like waiting for more from Cyborg, like more humanity. Well, because he's a hilarious character in, in Teen Titans and, yeah. and, well, Teen Titans Go and the original Teen Titans, he was yeah. a little more serious, but still a funny character. Yeah. And I think that was missing the, the few times that you you got close to it, like when they're when he and the Flash are digging up Clark's body, and the Flash is talking about how morbid and weird it is or whatever, and you know they think they're kind of bonding, but then when the Flash makes the comment, it's like, oh, "We're the accidents," you know, like we didn't ask for these powers, but th- it's us. Like we're here, we're the accidents, and you see the smile on Cyborg's face, and he's just kind of like. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're the accents. <laughs> like, right during that scene, I was like, 
build from there. Like, you just started this character on, like, put him with the flesh. Like, right. pair that character with him now. And they did, right up at the very end. But, like, up until that point, it was still kind of, like, trying to balance the team. Right. But at the very end of the movie, when you see all of them standing over there, looking over all the destruction and the, and the new life of the mother box stuff, you see, you see him do the fist, fist bump. The fist bump. And I'm like, that's what you need, man. That's what this fucking series needs, is a team that not only cares about itself, that's not only, like, heroes, that believe in themselves to be heroes, but also some... Like, I know, <laughs> I know a couple of people were worried because they were like, well, you know, you have Aquaman cracking jokes in the middle of like this whole city being destroyed. And it's like, yeah, if you were a fucking superhero, you'd probably be cracking jokes. Just too. like you crack jokes at your actual job. Yeah. Cause you have, you have nothing else. You have no other idea how to fucking cope deal. <laughs> yeah. To cope with your fucking planet being destroyed by some crazy guy that looks like a bull testicle. <laughs> Call back. Uh, anyway, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, like, th- these are characters that need to have that levity because it, not only does it assist the audience in understanding that these characters are going to be okay. Like, they're not worried about their mortality. They're not worried that they're not being the level of superhero that they could be. These are people who have accepted their lot in life, which is they are going to save the fucking planet. Yeah. That's all there is to it, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, I want more. Yeah. I want for more. Sure. I, I, I hope for a director's cut. Don't know if it exists, but for now I'll settle for what's on the slate. Shazam. We got Shazam on the yeah. slate. We're going to, we're going to get that Batman movie, be it with yeah. or without Ben Affleck. Um, we're gonna get, um, we're gonna get Suicide Squad 2. We're gonna yep. get, uh, we're gonna get another Wonder Woman movie. Especially now that Brett Ratner's out. <laughs> um, uh, we're, Ratner, hopefully yeah. we get that Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> Flashpoint is gonna be huge. Yeah. Uh, and Aquaman. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to see these characters on screen again with different directors start to finish. Yeah. Um, I think this, again, love the movie. I think it suffered from having the direction change, you know, kind of in the middle like that. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they just continue on the route of, like, just let Zack Snyder be an executive producer like Christopher Nolan at this right. point. Because, like, obviously we've seen, like, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins did great. Did absolutely wonderful. Like, you know, Wonder Woman has been their best movie for a very particular reason. Um, Suicide Squad, not so much, but <laughs> it's not, oh, like, terrible. <laughs> there's some There's some redeeming qualities there, so... Yeah, I, th- I think, is this, is this a perfect, like, home run? Nah. Is this uh, in the ballpark getting better? Yes. Right. By and far large. Like, I saw Rotten Tomatoes had this movie sitting around, like, a 48 or 50. I think it's lower than that. I think it's, like, a 40. There's there's no way. It's not it's not a 40 or a 50. At most, it's a 65, 70. It's, a, it's average. And that's okay. Like, like you just said, it's it had production troubles. This is a movie that, like, while we were like super excited for, it's not it's not terrible by right. any means. It's still a good movie, you know. Yep, I enjoyed it. And for DC to write itself, it's working on that. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So yep. as long as they keep on that track, do what you got to do. I'll be there. I'll buy a ticket. You yep. know. I I always find it funny when like I I talk to people. Um, 
who say that they, you know they'll never go see another Warner Brothers movie or a DC movie um, because of some of the the last few movies. And I'm like, you're missing the point, man. Like, if you love something and you want to go support it, go support it. Bring some money to it. Like, you know, it, when you make the comment like, "Well, I'm gonna vote for my wallet." Sure, man, you can. You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna take all these movies, all these fucking characters that you love, and they're gonna throw them on the back burner, like they did with Green Lantern. That's all there is to it. Yep. Give it support where it needs it, which is right. this movie. Like, they're, it's a step uh, in the right direction. Give it direction. to Ben Affleck, because for all his faults, I kind of like him as Batman. He's a good director. Don't want to see him just walk away. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm with you, man. But no, I'm, I'm glad I went and saw it. I'm glad that we had this discussion about it. I hope that people go see it. I hope they enjoyed this conversation. I hope they understand that, like, does it sound like we're shitting on the movie? A little bit. Are we? No. They're just pointing out some of the faults, man. Yep. That's all there is. It's okay. Agreed. Citizen Kane is an amazing movie. It's still a fucking movie about a sled. <laughs> <laughs> And at one point, it still has him driving through a fucking lot with fucking dinosaurs flying around in the background of the car. <laughs> okay? Perfect movies aren't there. They're, you know, they're in the people that actually enjoy these series. Yep. So, you know, if, if you like it, go see it. If you like Superman, go see it. If you like Batman, go see it. Like, fucking enjoy the shit that you like. Don't let other people shit on it for you. Don't let them tell you not to go. Go twice. Buy a ticket. Yeah, go twice. Support this shit. Um, all right, with that, I mean, we're an hour and 36 minutes. Oh, my God. We've done a hell of a podcast on here. I like it. Um, I'll go ahead and say, please, God, like, subscribe, and share with your friends. We need it. Um, you know, the last the last one had a couple of audio issues, but we've straightened that out. This one has had no problems uh, the entire time. It's, it's been nice as long as it recorded properly. Um, but we seriously need people to share this with your friends, like, if you like what we're doing, if you like hearing us talk and shit like that, there's a Facebook page for it. There's a Twitter account for it. We respond on Gmail. Like, there's all sorts of avenues to get in touch with us and enjoy this shit. Um, so just, yeah, just keep it keep it flowing, man. Tell your grandmother about it. I don't care. She's like 98 <laughs> years old. She wants to hear about Batman. Turn her on to us. We'll hook her up. Yeah. Um, but with that, man, we're going to call it a night, so... Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Happy Thanksgiving. It's going to come out on Tuesday after that Thanksgiving, but happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you guys ate well. (laughs) All right. Bye. Have a week.